and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. We are back in the Sales Chat Show studio, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Anthony Steers, and I'm Simon Hazeldean, and this episode is called Why Can't the Majority of Sales Managers Perform Properly? as an effective sales coach. Now, that sounds like a bit of a damning critical statement about the state of sales management or sales leadership. But based on my experiences in the last 35 years in sales, being on the receiving end of coaching myself or the lack thereof as a sales representative, all the way up to the present day, I think I've seen far more sales managers who are not very effective as coaching versus the other the other way round. Gentlemen, am I being am I being too damning in my criticism or my observations? You're not, but I'm concerned about the 35 years experience. It must mean you started very young. <laughs> i was i was four and a half when i started yes yeah, that's no, what i, I thought just, yeah. i just I, luckily this is an audio only podcast um mm-hmm. i i but i do have some very good moisturizer yes, that obviously is, a, is a wrinkle-free podcast <laughs> wrinkle-free yes uh, excellent uh, moisture, well, moisturizer yes well, mr steers well to get us back on track what i think <laughs> i've noticed would be that sales as a department is probably the main department where you have to work you usually have to work your way up rather than having a qualification and going and running a department sales you usually earn your stripes you do really well you get promoted you get become a senior salesperson and then you become a leader and i think sometimes people don't know how to change into being a leader because they're just such an effective uh, and enjoy sales and then you take them away from selling. And I suppose one of the things that I've noticed is I know I met a lot of good sales leaders who are brilliant salespeople in their time, but they can't explain why they were so good and teach that to other people because they don't actually know what it is. It was just their natural ability to sell that were why they yeah. were so effective. So it's a bit, I'd like to think of Usain Bolt. Yeah. So Usain Bolt, mm-hmm. yeah, fastest man on the planet. Yeah, yep. um, can run faster and he can run faster than his trainer. Yeah, but his trainer is very good at teaching him how to run fast. Yeah, his trainer can't run fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but he's very good at teaching. You see it in football. Yeah, so football, great footballers become managers and they're useless managers because they can't manage, they can't train. Some of the best managers were mm-hmm. useless at football. Mm-hmm. So actually, we, you're, you'll notice that people get promoted yeah. uh, because they're very good at selling. Uh, if I were a sales leader or a leader of a business, I'd leave them selling because if they're very good at it, we want them to carry on being very good at it. Yeah. Um, 
And so then... in which case then, if you were to leave them selling, could they then just become a mentor to somebody who is below them ah, yeah. rather than a coach, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a great believer in making use of your more experienced members of your team to to mentor less experienced yeah. members of your team. I, I sometimes had to do that as a sales manager because another reason managers don't coach is you get dragged off into all sorts of internal meetings about all sorts of things that diminishes the actual amount of time you got to spend with your people. So I used to always have my, you know, my top two or three top table performers mm-hmm. working and, and coaching and mentoring. And that's a great, is a great, is a great suggestion. And and actually to Anthony's point, if they might, there's the, 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 the classic mistake is to make the number one salesperson, the manager in the hope that they spread yeah. the magic across the rest of them. I say mistake. I'm not saying you shouldn't promote that person to be a sales manager, but sometimes the idea is you hope they're going to spread the magic. Can they, have they got the skills, the capability to coach and the mindset? See, if they love selling, mm-hmm. they're going to default, aren't they? Into selling because they love it and they're good at it. And, and they're not going to have made that as you as you're talking about that step up mm-hmm. and out of being an individual contributor to being the person who gets other people to be the really successful independent yeah. uh, sorry independent contributor. Hmm. I, I um. Oh, and you guys are going to tell me off here because I, I think it's a guy called Jack <laughs> Daly. This quote comes from, but I'm probably wrong, and Graham will correct me. Um, but there was a quote I, I remember about uh, a sales leader is not supposed to hit target. A sales leader is supposed to enable their team to hit their target. So all of a sudden, you, you're not responsible for the sales directly. It's indirectly. And your job is to lift up and support your team rather than trying to be part of that team and 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 sell the, the shortfall that everybody else isn't making up type of thing. Yeah, I don't know if it was Jack Daly, but <laughs> no. I, I, my, my advice always, whenever you're quoting from someone and you don't know who, who it is. Say you don't know. I don't always say it's Mark Twain, uh, because <laughs> there are more quotes attributed to Mark Twain than anybody else. Okay, I will. So he's bound to have said something akin to that. Something. Yeah. So something. as Mark Twain said, Mark about, Twain being said say, yeah. about being, I, I would... 100% wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment of whether that mm. quotes came from Jack Daly or, or whatever. The challenge is that sometimes the managers of those managers are applying pressure for them to hit yeah. quota and to hit revenue. Graham, this is your opportunity. Start doing about sales targets again. Don't have them. <laughs> to, to, hit, <laughs> to hit revenue. And under pressure, what will they do? They'll default to try to get the ball over the line, get the yeah. deal closed themselves, right? So you've got to, you have to support people. That's a very noble calling, but they have to be supported in doing that. And that is the right long-term thing to build the capability of your of your sales managers. So I think they need to know why it's important that they coach. There is so much research about how effective sales coaching is, you know, 51% of salespeople on average fail to achieve quota, 86% achieve quota with a good sales process and good coaching. Like that's nearly every, you're headed towards everybody achieving quota if we just accept for a moment they've got quotas graham or or or, or i'll accept it for a moment 
<laughs> McKinsey research up to two times increase in productivity for people in higher complexity jobs who receive regular coaching. I mean, there's I could just carry on for an entire episode. So, but I think apart from that, I think there's another point about coaching in that sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes uh, you don't hit your quotas. Yeah. Yeah. And without coaching, you don't know what to do. So I think coaching is really important because it builds resilience amongst people so that when things do go wrong, they have got the wherewithal to be able to cope when it goes wrong. Whereas they, if they haven't been coached, then they won't have that inbuilt resilience. So I think that's a really important thing because everybody is going to have troubled times in business. Not everything is going to be perfect every year. You know, there are going to be things that hit your opportunity for sales. And so how your staff cope with that and move on to a new successful year is really important. And coaching is really, really important in building resilience amongst people. Mm. Um, I remember one of my coaches a while back uh, said to me, I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here to give you questions, yeah. which, which which kind of stuck with me because I think sometimes as, as a coach or a leader or a manager, you think you're there to kind of give all of the answers. And sometimes it's actually about holding a mirror up to somebody and getting them to ask the question, uh, the right questions, rather than thinking about giving them the answer um, or helping them to work out the answer themselves. And I think that's the... Where the difference between a mentor and a coach, the mentor wants to show off that they know everything and tell you all of the answers, whereas a coach wants you to figure out your answers to move forwards, right? It comes back to yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you, you must have been kind of reading my reading my mind because I was about to say, well, we also need to just spend a moment to define what do we mean about what is coaching? So, in a, you know, there are, of course, different definitions, but Anthony, your commentary around helping people to come up with their own answers and, and work things out for themselves, which has Graham to just to join the dots between both of your comments, builds resilience and capability for that person, yeah. which mm -hmm. means over time they gradually need you less and less, mm -hmm. which is one of the true hallmarks because they've 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 achieved a level where you're not re responsible, sorry, you're not required as much to help to help them um which is a great place to be whereas mentoring often is defined as you've trodden the path before and you're giving advice and guidance neither of them are wrong <laughs> they all have their place you know if if somebody genuinely is very stuck asking them questions sometimes they don't know they genuinely don't know that's going to be awfully frustrating you might want to give them a little bit of advice or a nudge or mm -hmm. a bit of guidance in the right direction but mm -hmm. typically they know what's going on better than you do and and the questioning process raises awareness and generates responsibility as uh mm. as was originally sir john whitmore said you know in his book coaching for performance coaching's about raising awareness and generating responsibility and and if it's my idea i'm always far more motivated to do it than if it's your idea so you know yeah. i think that's a really important yeah. what is it we're asking them to do um because some sometimes coaching what people say they're doing is not actually coaching their mm -hmm. people. They're doing quite a lot of telling. Yeah, they're trying to tell people. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I, I, when I deal with people who are, you know, junior to me, and I'm coaching them through something, I use something called the Driscoll model of reflection. 
So there are lots of models of reflection, but it means that you ask questions. So you just ask them. So there are three questions that you ask. What happened? So what a what experience have they had? What what has been going on? What what has uh, happened to their thinking? Those kind of things. And then the next part of the Driscoll model is, so what? What does it mean? Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. Uh, or to us as a business? And then the third question is, now what? What are you going to do about it? And so all you're doing is facilitating a discussion around what, so what, now what? And then that means they're answering those questions themselves. You may need to steer and guide, but actually you're just asking questions around those three areas and it enables people to make progress because they're reflecting on themselves and thinking about how they might make changes to improve. Mm-hmm. And and you know it it it's a similar process to um you know what I was sort of guided trained as a as a new sales manager to come out of the meeting where I've been observing and by the way if you're going to give people feedback on how they did in a sales call or how they did if you're listening in over the telephone it's a pretty good idea if you let them do the call kind of hard to give feedback <laughs> on what they've done if you've taken over the call sales managers <laughs> listening listening in um so uh so we would typically be you know okay what went well what could be improved yeah. and, and you know uh, what 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 are your what are your main things to take away out of both of those going forward yeah. or or what's working what's not working or what needs more work yeah you, the, the questions don't have to be that clever do they right they're not complicated but you they say reflection is part of learning Mm -hmm. and if we as sales managers and sales leaders don't create the space for that to happen they just get on to the next call Mm. right because they're they're under pressure to make numbers and to do their stuff yeah and you, you talk about like managers listening in and doing that which i think is is important but the amount of teams that i work with where the teams do what i call call buddy sessions where it's a power hour where you take it in turns and you listen in and it's done on loudspeaker so you can hear both ends and your job is to basically listen in to your colleague and then tell them what you liked about it and what you would have done differently yeah what else you might have done um and really after each session you're just supposed to come away with one little thing and it might be a question it might be a phrase it might be a response that you somebody gave but just something that you kind of go oh i quite like that oh i haven't tried that oh i'm and i think that's almost the best way to learn in sales is from the people on the front line and everybody's got their own style as well so you've got to listen to a few different people to figure out what do i like and what do i not like because I've done call buddy sessions with people where I go, I love the fact you asked that question. I just never, I would not, would not have asked that early and I wouldn't have kept probing. It just felt like they started to feel defensive, but you got away with it. So I like it. Mm. It's not necessarily something I would try, but it's something I'm now more aware of that in the right situation, you can probe a little bit deeper and ask a few more questions. Um, But that call buddy thing or listening in, I think is something that could actually be delegated from the sales leader to their team to take that task away from them and then get feedback from your colleagues about your team. Yeah, I'd, I'd personally I'd say as a as a as a as a an and rather and, than yeah. an either or. Right? I mean, I, you start to try and foster that culture of learning from each other, learning from the manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd certainly do. I'd certainly do. Mm-hmm. You know. 
as much of that as is possible. But I don't. I wouldn't want to sort of take away the responsibility for managers. You know, your your job as a sales manager is to help your people to perform. Yeah, better, yeah, yeah, yeah. better, and to higher standards, and also, you know, Graham's point as well: build resilience. It could be a tough job, right? It could be a tough, yeah. tough, demanding job. So we've got to work on the resilience, which will make a good contribution to people's physical and mental health as well. Which is yeah. also really because you don't want to, you don't want to lose. You don't want to, one. You don't want that to happen to anybody anyway. But they might jump ship if they're feeling too stressed, and they just jump somewhere else, and they, they you know, there's out the frying pan into the fire kind of situation. So, you know, one of the antidotes to to stress is to improve the person's resilience as well as all the other important things as well. So, mm. you know, and you you help them gradually. I've I've just done it. You know, I've I've seen it. As a sales manager, they'd come fresh out of, we used to largely in particular industry I was in, we would take the people out of the call center situation into field sales roles and the coaching would start mm. straight away after the basic sales training and you'd be out with them every week or every fortnight or every month as they start to grow and you would just see them grow and develop. So and I think the other thing is um, don't don't overdo it, right? Start with one thing, coach around one aspect, then build on it and then build on it and then but which relates i guess to some degree to the skills why don't people's why don't sales managers coach because they lack the skills well hmm. most of the skills of coaching are the same as skills of a good salesperson which is largely questioning and listening and being able to follow a process so <laughs> we're, we're sincerely hoping the questioning and the listening is nailed because they're essential skills for someone in the sales profession. And the process is either Graham's Driscoll model of reflection. There's the grow model, which is very, very popular and well-known goal, reality options, wrap up or ways forward. Um, I've, I've often used what, what I was taught as the rapid coaching model. So where are you now? Where do you want to be? What's getting in the way? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> kind of question. But basically, it's it's out. It's kind of outcome orientated and helping people to to learn. And then, of course, feedback as well. Feedback and observation would be the other two skill sets. Yeah. To um, well, I I feel like I want to defend some of the sales leaders out there. But before I get to that, I think you've sort of touched on it. You talked about um, being able to go out with field salespeople. Yeah. Uh, I think part of coaching um, and particularly being in sales is around the right incentives. And I think if you know your team well, that's one of the things that I always notice is some people wave an extra bit of money in the air. They'll focus and they'll get their head down, put up a half a day holiday the other half of the room all of a sudden are interested. Um, so there are different things that I think incentivize people. And if they are, if your team member is saving for a family holiday because they want to take their kids to Disneyland next year, then I'd have a picture of Disneyland up on their desk and remind, I'd be using visual things to remind them of why they're doing this and where they're striving for. And um, I've got some that even have the thermometer type thing of their target that they, they color in to tick off where they're at so that they they can see that kind of stuff i think i don't know some of us sales people are simple creatures and sometimes that aspirational reminder of why we're doing this yeah. needs to be there daily to help you with your resilience yeah it's a yeah. way of it's it's an approach to um taking graham smiling there as graham well. is just, <laughs> just spontaneously combusting at the thought of at the thought of the concept of, of sales staff. But you said you were going to defend sales managers. Yeah, we don't we're not yeah. we're not being overly critical, but we yeah. are. Um yeah. <laughs> we are. So yeah, defend uh, the let's let's hear the witness for the defense then. Well, so I, I basically I think that there there is sometimes a lack of skill and patience 
of doing the coaching element, but I think that sales leaders are a lot of the time under pressure and get pulled into all kinds of meetings and reviews and things like that. And they don't get to spend as much time with their team as they should. So it's hard to do effective coaching when half of your time is stolen by other departments and admin related tasks that potentially may not be something you need to be that involved in. So I can, I'll, if I give a, give a personal example. So if I, if I went through my list of why don't people coach? So do they understand why? Yes. I was working for one of the leading fast moving consumer goods. I was very clear why coaching was important. And did I understand it was expected of me to do that as a sales manager? Yes, I absolutely did. I was supposed to be out four days a week with my team providing active. Coaching. Did I have the skills? Yes. I was trained up to the hilt in field coaching, coaching skills, train the trainer, mentoring. Absolutely. Uh, what was stopping me doing it? exactly what anthony was saying we were getting dragged into all sorts of internal meetings every project had to have a representative from sales management Mm -hmm. we were getting tied up in this and tied up in that and and we were being prevented from doing this by all the internal stuff now of course some of that has to happen but what do you want your sales managers doing what do you want them to be spending the vast majority of their time doing? And if you give them tons of other things yeah. or drag them into all sorts of distracting projects, mm-hmm. they're not going to be coaching, you know? So guilty as charged, but, I, you know, I guess if I look back, I probably should have said no to being the sales manager representative on yet another project. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's another thing here that, um, uh, and I will come to the defence as well, Anthony, of uh, sales <laughs> leaders. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're talking about a time when um, training was uh, much more common in businesses. Yes. You're talking about yeah. a global brand uh, which had lots of training budget. Most people don't work in businesses like that. And most people don't get a lot of training these days, especially when we're in times of um, cutbacks and um, economic difficulties. Training is often one of the things that just goes. And so a lot of people are not trained in how to do these things. They don't get training in coaching. They'll get training in practical things like how to complete their reports, how to run their meetings, how to do the the practical day-to-day bits of their job. These softer skills as they are perceived they're not soft skills at all but (laughs) that's how they're perceived um they get shelved um and so the only way that these people get trained in coaching is to do what every bit of behavior is you copy somebody who's done the job before you so you copy the person who coached you and the person who coached you came in told you what to do and walked out so you think that's your, your job Um, And so because nobody's told you what coaching is and how to do it, you end up not coaching very well. So I think actually to answer our question as to, you know, what's holding sales leaders back from coaching, it's the lack of proper training in businesses and seeing training as an aside rather than fundamental to the future of their business. Can't tell you how many times I have been working with a group of sales managers we have been maybe looking at managing performance, coaching skills, et cetera. And I could almost put money on the fact that at some stage, somebody says, are you going to be running this program for our managers? 
front. And it's always a loaded question, isn't yeah. it? Right? Is this is this coaching initiative, is it being cascaded down from the top? You know, and you can clearly you can clearly see we're advising you, you must have this coaching cadence in place, pipeline, yeah. forecast, da, da da da. And they go, Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. And that is I would say is if you're going to start anywhere, that's probably where you want to start. Yep. So, you know, it's 80, whatever the MIT research, 80 to 90% of people's employees' behavior determined by the behavior of their leadership, what they pay attention to, what they reward, what they control, what they monitor, the personal coaching they provide, um, the the and, and how they respond when things go badly wrong right 80 to 90 percent so if you want your sales managers coaching your sales leaders need to be coaching your sales managers you want your sales leaders to be coaching your senior leadership team need to be coaching you etc etc you said earlier about the fact that you know once you if you've done your coaching job well you're kind of you're doing yourself out of a job but actually that reminds me of a um a documentary i saw about a golfer uh, who was being coached by so the, you know, this is one of the world's top professional golfers uh, being coached and it came to you know he'd been coached to do better at some particular kind of shot um and they the the guide coaching him said well you know my job is done now and the uh, golfer said yeah i know how to do that and yeah you coach me really well like i you know i'm now perfecting that but what i know is that when i'm playing I always play better if I know you're there. No coaching, just presence. Placebo. <laughs> yeah. And so Ooh. I think that actually, the, you know, there's a deeper psychological thing about coaching. If you coach well, the performance of your team will improve. And if you remove yourself, even if you do nothing, the performance will go down. I think that's what that tells us, that it's the... It's the presence of coaches that often has an effect as opposed to the coaching they do. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's a very interesting perspective, right? They've got to be good coaches. They've got to be really good at their job. But if they're good, the mere presence somehow has some kind of, it's a bit like we know, for example, that students study better when they're in the same room as another student, even if they don't talk to each other. Mm. They perform better in tests. Same students doing the same tests, studying the same subject. Even if they don't talk to each other, they're in the same room. We've also got evidence that shows that even if they open a Zoom call and they're in one place and another student is in another place, they don't talk to each other on Zoom. They've just got the video running and they're getting on with their work. Even then, their score goes up compared with people who study alone. So it's the presence of other people that influences performance, but it's also it's that's like coaching mastery. Like you're like Yoda there. You're you're, yeah. co- you're coaching like by using the force, right? You're not, <clears throat> but I mean, I, it's not my expression, but um, coaching you, perfection it is. Yeah, and it, but it's it's also <laughs> like it's amazing how much progress <laughs> coaches make when coaches don't actually say very much, quite or anything at all. Sometimes yeah. you let them. But I think there is there is just the ego thing as well that we quite like to get involved if we know what we're doing as a sales manager or as a sales leader. Well, you know, we like to we like to save the day and get the deal over the line. And I 
not not as a sales manager, but when I used to run the sort of the world class um, account management academy for 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 the company I was working with, and we used to run some development centres where we sort of have assess account managers to be promoted, and I had two fantastic people in my team, Caroline and Jenny, who would like run the logistics of the centre. And I remember turning up at this hotel in Northampton in the UK, and it was my it was my sort of first first proper light bulb moment about you're not required any longer with with people you work with. So I sort of they, the 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 Carolina journey you got there a few you know I don't know half an hour early and they were busy getting everything set up and I I came in I went I went to see Caroline I said all right Kaz everything okay and she said yes thanks everything's fine I said okay, anything you want me to do what can I do and she said no no I'm with, I'm fine I've got it covered I said okay I'll go and see Jenny or oh, Jenny's not been in the team as long but I can help Jenny went to see Jen all right Jen how you doing? yeah fine thanks anything I can do no and I remember like walking down the corridor in the <laughs> hotel going I've nothing to do <laughs> they is, don't need is, me anymore they don't need me anymore this is not right I'm supposed <laughs> to be in charge and it was just this I'm a slow learner it was just like yeah, you've got two incredibly competent, capable people. Mm. Isn't the this the proud moment? Isn't this the proud moment you have as parents when they go off to university? And yeah, you, well, oh, they've flown the nest. Well, well they so keep coming once, back until they're the yeah. yeah, but only once the penny drops <laughs> and you can put your ego to one side and you go, yeah. yeah. I've got really capable people here. I, yeah. I do not need to be interfering. And in fact, the very yeah. best thing I can do is to allow them. And then they'll ask if they get stuck. Mm-hmm. Or they do need any help, they'll ask you, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you might be able to do some coaching. Yeah. So you got to get your ego out of the way, right? You know, you're not saving the day, getting the deal over the line. You're helping your people. Yes. But, but, but on the other side, from what Graham was saying about just the presence of a coach, yeah. you really have to earn the respect as that being that to be able to coach like that, where they actually really look up to you. And it's almost the thought of you watching them makes them want to get it all perfect because they've been talking about it yeah. with you and, and not you're the one that they're trying to prove it to, but you're the one that they want to show that it's worked. Um, and that's why sometimes with those call buddy sessions I mentioned earlier on, just knowing it's being recorded and somebody else is listening makes you pull your socks up a bit more. Yeah. You're thinking, mm-hmm. I don't, don't want to look silly here and, yeah, yeah but maybe uh, that, that's got something to do with it. But I, I love that idea of the coach that's so good. They don't have to say anything. They just have to yeah. be there. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think I think it's a, it's a very interesting observation by by Graham. And I think any of you tie it in with yours that when they're working together, they're just focused in a slightly different way if they're on their own. And it's that's it's also the support as well, isn't it? But yeah. maybe the the coach, the golf coach, also had set very, very high expectations of that golfer. And the golfer rose to meet those expectations. So the, the coach now becomes yeah. like hang a... Hang on, you're in danger of talking about targets there. I was going to... Well, no, but I was going to say the coach almost becomes like a totem for the expectation, the symbol. And they see them and they think, oh, right, coach yeah. is here. That's that my expectation is that I will I will excel, and that is the uh, expectation theory. Graham Robert yeah. Rosenthal, yeah. very clear that that managers who have low expectations of people behave in very different ways from people that they have high expectations and behave differently. So, coach all the way across the performance 
yeah. bell curve, distribution curve of your team. Don't just focus on the high achievers, but also equally don't ignore the high achievers because they get grumpy. <laughs> mid, but don't ignore mid table either. Sometimes the I've seen sales managers who they spend a lot of time on the ones not doing very well. <laughs> lots of time on the ones who are doing exceptionally well and they ignore the ones in the middle. And that's where the research shows you get the biggest improvement in performance is across mid-table. Your superstars, mm-hmm. you're not only going to be able to get them up another couple of notches, but others, you're able to raise raise the game, I think, more significantly. Mm-hmm. So any closing thoughts, gentlemen? We've sort of put sales managers on the hook and then we've sort of taken them off the hook and been a bit supportive but a bit challenging i would just say if you are a sales manager who is been asked to coach your staff make sure you get a coach to coach you yeah absolutely and uh and and uh earn the respect if you are the coach you have to earn people's respect um and and like i say i think the big thing for me was actually realizing that the question the the coach was there to help me ask the right questions rather than give me all the answers was probably yeah. the most empowering thing that made us feel like a team moving forwards yeah so. yeah and you don't have to have the answer as a sales manager as to be a coach or a sales lead to be the coach providing you're able to ask the right questions the answer will come from the people who are closest to the situation and the problem and the customers which is your sales is your sales team so and there are a number of episodes on coaching on the in the sales chat show back catalog over 260 episodes so there'll be there'll be ones there as well and so on behalf of mr graham jones mr anthony steers and i'm simon hazeldean thank you very much for listening into this episode we would like to wish you a good luck and good sales coaching folks and we'll see you on another episode of the sales chat show very soon You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>